You're entering the chat connection. from this episode. I mean, let's face it, where you find humans, there you will find stereotyping and unconscious or conscious bias. I mean, that is inevitable. And unfortunately, you can literally go into any community in any part of the world and you would still find, even if you created your own community, people that have stereotypes and biases regarding any subject you can think of. I mean any. Now some may be complimentary (laughs) once you go black, okay. However, a majority of them are just plain dumb, offensive, and ridiculous to say the least. At the end of the day, we are all unique. We all have purpose, so therefore we are all valuable. Like no matter the gender, race, our class bracket, education, and yes, that also includes loving the same or opposite sex, like neither of which make you more or less human. It's not rocket science. And yet here we are. I mean, it's pretty disturbing to know that there are actual families who will disown a child for being gay, but will keep the family molester a secret. Yes, I went there. Because it's a terrible truth that happens too often and we need to normalize these falsely labeled taboo topics. So for today's episode, I've asked some people to join the conversation to discuss what it's like to be in the LGBTQIA community and let us debunk some misconceptions and anything else we find in between. <laughs> Of course, for the people in the back, you know I can't forget about y'all either. Please remember that these are the opinions and experiences of the people on the call. So I don't care if you're gay, straight, circle, (laughs) who cares? (laughs) We just need to make sure that we respect each other and have a conversation about it. So before joining, I'd like to challenge you this week to step out of your comfort zone and go love on people outside your circle. And put that set. Well, thank you for joining the show. It is greatly appreciated. If you could kindly introduce yourself and let everyone know where we can support you and show you some love. Hey there, my name's Sedner. Uh, Not really any big play for me needing to get support or to be supported, but I'm always a big, big, big proponent of self-love and self-care. So show me some love by showing yourself some love. Do something that you really enjoy uh, and share that love with your fellow man or woman or intersex, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) 
Nice, nice. Um, hello, everyone. I am Rashada Melvin. I'm based out of DC, and I own and operate my own adult fitness dance company called Diva Dance DC. Uh, so if you're looking for a fun way to build community, uh, build some confidence, as well as getting a good workout in, uh, check us out at Diva Dance DC on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, very good. I'll, do y'all do virtual? Because I'm like, Absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk later. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so the letters LGBTQIA. First of all, is that the proper way of saying it? Because I've seen it without the IA or the Q. Like, can one of you or like kindly break it down? Yeah. You know, I I it's easy to say LGBTQ because that is just what people have said so often. But when you add in the IA plus, that's being fully inclusive. So even though it's what has been said in the past, we we should be going the extra mile and saying LGBTQIA plus so that no one feels excluded. Oh, okay. So a plus. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't even know about the plus. plus <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and... Could, could you kindly break down like what each of them may signify? Like not just the acronym stand for, but like maybe some differences in your opinion. Hmm. Well, so it's interesting because uh, L being lesbian, G being gay, B being bisexual, uh, T trans, Q uh, queer. Uh, and so I've always found it interesting that that people can identify as queer um, mm-hmm. or people may not necessarily be in a same-sex relationship or even attracted to someone the same sex but will still have queer tendencies so that's always been an interesting dynamic for me but I haven't quite figured out haven't quite figured that one out yet uh, and and then of course the plus just being everyone everyone in between so for me I don't think of that spectrum as okay, on one side, like, there's gay, there's lesbian, there's, you know, there's trans, there's bi, there's queer, there's intersex, there's asexual, like, there's, like, pansexual. That, to me, it's not a spectrum in the sense that you are one number between one and a hundred. To me, it's more so, like, a buffet or a smorgasbord. And it's, like, here are kind of all the possibilities and you kind of create your identity from those possibilities. And it's not to say that everyone's going to have some crazy unique thing. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. But you're going to see your your normal distribution curve. You're going to see like 80% of the population fall within similar traits and and behaviors and habits. Yeah, and where on the spectrum do you identify yourself as? I'm actually kind of the in-between. Okay. <laughs> um, so I identify as being pansexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am attracted to the person. Uh, with. Uh, so basically when I meet someone, uh, it has. I have to have a very strong connection with them for me to even see them in an intimate way. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't happen with everybody. I'm like, all of us, girl. <laughs> <laughs> right. All of us. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And so uh, for me uh, and my fiance, so we're two femmes. Um, so I'm I'm in a lesbian relationship since we're both 
identify as being female, mm-hmm. uh, but I tend to say I'm pansexual. However, I say I'm in a lesbian relationship. Um, and then that gets confusing for people. So like, it's, it's weird. That's why I say like, you can't, we can't, we're using these, we're using language to talk about something in a way that it doesn't actually show up in real life. Mm-hmm. We're trying to classify sexuality in such a way that we can talk about this group as being part of this sexuality and that group as being part of that sexuality. But we don't show up that way in our day-to-day lives. Something that we all have to recognize is that, me personally at least, I don't really view it as a community. Mm-hmm. I view it as, indi- as distinct individual parts. Um, Mm. What may work well for a gay man may not work well for a lesbian woman. Yeah. And you see it even more so, because that's where the intersectionality comes into play. Uh, You see it a lot when you look at, for example, the feminist movement and what a white feminist movement looks like versus a black feminist movement looks like. And so there's tension there. And so when we talk about the LGBTQIA asterisk, community (laughs) for me i feel as if that's not it's it's the wrong label personally Mm. and i know that there are some people who don't feel that way um i in my in my day-to-day world i use lgbtq asterisk but in my view uh what i would like to see normalized is that we kind of let go of these labels because we're classifying things and for a purpose that doesn't really make any sense. Because at the end of the day, when we talk about sexuality, what are we actually talking about? Like, it's no longer a conversation about procreation or biology. It's now this amorphous thing that somehow has subsumed or consumed biology, it's consumed history and culture and social views and all these random things and all of a sudden it's now this big amorphous subject and a part of me is just kind of like, for what purpose are we doing all of this classification on? Because what you tend to see in classifying things Mm -hmm. is that at the end of the day, you can continue classifying things, but everything is always going to be an individual. It's always going to be unique. You can always have broad groupings, but those broad groupings aren't really helpful. It's more so like when I growing, uh, I would say in college, I identified as queer, right? Because for me, it was who cares about the label? Like it really didn't matter. Um, and then if you force me to pick a label, I could pick a label. However, I personally, I don't feel as if that label is a full reflection of my identity. Yeah. So if you were to ask me, who am I? I'm Fedner. What do you identify as? I identify as Fedner. And Fedner is a whole lot of things. He is this complex being with many layers, facets, almost like a jewel. And I'm not going to shut myself off from any of my other facets just to fit some in some cases, stunted definition of some label that doesn't even apply to me at some point. And and, and so it doesn't really answer your question, but <laughs> it's just kind of like, 
it's just me. No, it does. <laughs> no, but that's a valid. If that's how, hey, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't agree with a lot of people, but I also don't say that other people are wrong, right? It's just this is just it's just my interpretation. It's my opinion, and at the end of the day, like, doesn't matter. <laughs> You know, that's why I think it's good to have that plus in there because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just like it it doesn't right. box you in. Um, yeah. But I will say this is something that both me and my fiance try to be very conscious of is that we we can easily say, oh yeah, we're lesbians, uh, but. Technically, I haven't truly identified as a lesbian, but I do identify as being in a lesbian relationship. And I like to identify as pansexual. So absolutely. Of course, for the purpose of this episode, just to make sure that it is inclusive, um, I will continue to use the letters LGBTQIA+, just so we can have consistency in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm making an assumption here and thinking that, you know, you all would be filthy rich if you got paid a dollar every time someone asked this question. So here's filthy rich plus my dollar deposit. But uh, when did you know that you were uh, pansexual and were gay? I guess that's what I'm going to call it. And and when did you officially come out? Ooh, all right. Those are two big questions. Um, <laughs> Welcome uh, to the chat connection. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's dive into the first one. Um, I... <sighs> Actually, let's dive into the second one. Okay. Coming out. I actually don't like that because I yep. think that that is so wrong, so biased, um, and so heteronormative to yep. say that if you aren't heterosexual, then you have to come out. No, I don't have to come out of anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, here I am. I've been out. <laughs> I've mm-hmm. been <laughs> from the beginning. Living your life. <laughs> <laughs> from the get-go. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't like that term. Uh, however, that is the world that we live in. Um, yeah. So I... There, I guess there are people I haven't ever come out to. Um, and so some people actually make it personal and, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, why did you hide this part of me from, uh, <laughs> myself from them? And I'm like, I didn't hide anything. Honestly, <laughs> I probably didn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to keep it real. Yeah. Um, so for me, my journey was just that. It was a journey. It wasn't something that I woke up one day and was like, I'm going to be pan today. It was more so <laughs> one of those things where um, I know that it was like being like even considering women in an intimate way was something that had crossed my mind very briefly. Yeah. Maybe two or three times growing up, but never, never anything that I like thought deeply about or acted on. Um, it was just more so like a fleeting thought that was pushed aside by basically society yeah. um, and growing up in the South and being uh, Christian and all of that comes with that. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't until I was 24, I was 24 and um, another woman actually came on to me um, and I was just completely caught off guard. And I was like, am I, am I giving off these vibes? <laughs> like, like what, what is happening? And I just remember, remi- I, that moment stuck in my mind. And I let it marinate, I thought on it some more. And then I had to start really like, 
tackling my mindset and, and unlearning things that I had always just grown up just thinking were true. Yeah. Uh, and after it, it took a it took a six month it was a six month journey to the point to where I was like, you know what, this is actually something worth pursuing um, because it's not leaving my mind. <laughs> it's yeah. actually become a stronger thought. And if I'm considering so much, well, then it's actually something worth exploring. Exploring, yeah. And I do want to highlight that it wasn't something that I experimented with. Yeah. That was a no. <laughs> it wasn't an experiment. Because some people think that you're just experimenting if you've dated men in the past and then all of a sudden you're with a woman. No, it's not an experiment. Oh, yeah. Because I had, um, like, so one of my ex's sister came out to me. And at the time, she wanted some advice and, like, some creative way to tell her older brothers. Um, but for whatever reason, and like when she finally yeah. had the courage to speak to them about it, like my ex will always say, like, oh, so, oh, she's just in a phase, like she's just experimenting. Right. Um, yeah. Yep. They try to brush it under the rug, like, oh, you'll grow out of this. Oh, you're young. You're just trying to see what's out there until you make a decision and finally settle down with with the man. <laughs> what about you, Fedner? Like, when did you know, and when did you come out? So I, um, I would say like when my first recognition, like when I first realized that I was attracted to men, mm-hmm. it was uh, I was five years old in kindergarten. I had a teacher. He was a male. He built paint on his shirt and Mm -hmm. so he like went to the back of the classroom to like change out of his shirt and into another shirt and I this in the classroom yeah like and and here's the thing like we were all like Like, where did you go to school and like this and it was like this was like a white school right like primarily white institution PWI it was in the suburbs really nice part of town and this guy he just literally just like went to the back just took off one shirt, put on this, like, T-shirt that he had. <laughs> That's another episode. Uh, I remember turning <laughs> to um, the girl next to me. <laughs> I remember standing myself and her and I going, ooh la la. Oh, <laughs> oh both of y'all at the same time? <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised the girl did it, too. Listen, you know, I, I mean, so no cooties for you. You weren't in the cooties space at In all. my mind. In my mind, at that time, that was a, based off of what the world was telling me of what pretty looks like and what handsome men look like, that was a prime specimen mm-hmm. of mainstream beauty, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other part of your question was when I officially came out to my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also a funny one because I never thought that I needed to come out. Yeah. Uh, I always thought that I was, I always thought that I was gayer than a rainbow. In fact, people called me fag and sissy boy before Aww. I even knew what those terms meant. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get it twisted. I have no qualms about what other people think about me. So sad, though. <laughs> that's their opinion. That's fine. I have my own opinion. And that's what really matters to me. But uh, I went with my family. I didn't think I needed to come out at all. Like, mm-hmm. everyone at school just mysteriously thought that I was this crazy closet case because I never dated anyone in high school. Which, like, and the reason why I didn't date anyone in high school was because everybody in high school was a fucking fuckboy. So it's like, <laughs> why would I even want to go out with you? You kind of suck. <laughs> so, like, everyone thought I was, like, super closeted. Like, my friends never brought it up to me because they always thought that I'd be weird about it. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, <laughs> I mean, did, is it a secret? 
<laughs> like, y'all, like, yo, we talk. Like, come on now. Uh, and so it wasn't until I was actually, what? I want to say my sister got married last year. 25? 25 is when, like, my parents, like, my mom for the first time was like, well, are you gay? And I said, gayer than a rainbow. <laughs> oh, my God. What does she say? <laughs> oh, she passed out. <laughs> <laughs> like, sis, like, it was like, like, on the floor, like, stone cold, like, and I cracked the hell up. I was cracking up. I was like, oh. I'm gonna need you to get the fuck over this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it's funny because with my, I don't, like, here's one thing that I always have to say about my parents. Because my friends, because I always went to primarily white schools, um, and a lot of my friends have never really met immigrant parents or even Haitian parents, so they just never really understood it. Mm. My parents were strict and disciplined, period. But that strictness and that discipline was their love because they realized how racist the world was, and they were doing their damnedest to protect us, not only from systematic racism and getting arrested and just thrown into a jail cell for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. but also systematic racism in our healthcare, in our education systems, like in our churches. Like they were constantly trying to uh, barricade us from the racism of the world. And so my my friends never really under, they always be like, oh, your parents are so strict, your parents are so strict, but like, they don't love you. Like you must have been traumatized growing up. And let's not get it twisted. My parents were not perfect and they made mistakes. Yeah. Like everyone else Every, in the world. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, but with my parents, what the one thing that I saw with my parents that I did not see with my friends' parents is the amount of sacrifice that my parents had to do. So like my dad worked 16 hour days. Like I would see my dad in the two hours he had when he came home and before he went to bed. Mm. My mom worked countless hours before all of us were in school. And then when we were in school, she started her own business so that she could stay at home and be at home with us because my sister was getting into fights on the bus because some kids were, as kids tend to be, assholes. Yeah. So like, I knew my whole life that my parents sacrificed a lot for us. And I knew that that sacrifice was their love. And they always told me like, believe in yourself, we love you, we love you, this, that, and the other. When I came out to them and my mom passed out and it was kind of like, in the family, mm -hmm. I was a little thrown. Because a part of me was like, for 26 years, I've known nothing but unconditional love from you all. Like, what the hell is going on? I'm gonna need y'all to like fix your shit and get it together. <laughs> and guess what happened? They fixed their shit and they got it together. Like mm -hmm. my siblings were always cool. We, we never had an issue. It was just like, hey, it's chill. Like, do you be happy and make sure that whoever you end up with loves you as much as we do. Mm -hmm. My mom and my dad, it turns out that it was more so that they were worried about like what other people would think. Yeah. I and think that's, were, like, I think that's, I mean, big in um, foreign families anyways. Yeah. And like, my mom was also like, 
you're, you know, you're black. Like, do you want to be gay too? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> there's already a battle. <laughs> like, is this is this time for another battle? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're in a much better place now. Um, like, we talk every almost every day, and if not every day, weekly. Uh, we're super chill uh, with both my parents. Like, neither of us have an issue. But like traditional Haitian parents, though, did we ever have that conversation to air out everything and be cool? <laughs> Probably not. No, we just kind of looked at each other over the table, mm. gave us that, that little head nod, and said, "Pass <laughs> the green beans." <laughs> I was about to say, "Pass the rice." <laughs> Pass the rice. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's a shame. But Uh, yeah, I kind of want to go back to a topic we kind of brushed on a few minutes ago uh, when Rashada, you were explaining how if you dated a man in the past, it wasn't an experiment. Um, Or if you're dating or your fiance now, it's not like you're experimenting. So have any family and friends voiced this delusional statement to either of you? Um, not directly. Mm -hmm. But indirectly or through like basically microaggressions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yes. And in your opinions, you guys think that it is more common to categorize women as experimenting as it is for men experimenting? Yes. Yes. I think everything about women, a woman being with another woman is sexualized for men. And so men i mean think about it men love to know that a woman is a lesbian because they want they want to know oh can mm. i join in no <laughs> like, you cannot join in like i'm not even thinking yeah. about you like that like <laughs> no actually how about how about you just leave <laughs> exit <laughs> uh so yeah i do think it's more easily accepted um especially in the black community mm. i would say like all all the things that are n- There's just so much negativity around, um, like, Black gay men. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that that's because in our society, like, we have this obsessive fascination with women Mm -hmm. that's kind of insane. We put them on a pedestal as a trophy wife of, like, this maternal object of, like, perfection. The Madonna. Right. Yeah. And then on the other side, we turn them into a slutty sex object of like, I like your body is mine to objectify. Yeah. Right. And so it's weird because in our society, Mm -hmm. you see a lot of guys who like have this fascination with like two girls making out. Exactly. Mm. I don't know if that's like a straight boy thing or what. I never thought that that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) I was always in the mindset of like, if y'all are going to make out, I should join too. I'm a, part, I'm a participator. I'm not like a watcher, right? So like that that was just always a weird thing to me. But I think because of this dichotomy between your, you know, Mary, mother of Jesus, and mm. your uh, sex object, right? Men will see things that women do, but then they'll, in the back of their mind, it's like, no, 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 like she's the mother of Jesus. You know, I, so I will say yes, that I think women more get labeled it being a phase or youth or them experimenting it. Uh, more so for me, what I've been labeled as, it's, oh, you're just, you're choosing this. Mm. Like this is a choice for you. Gotcha. 
which I always thought was really interesting because with women, there's this understanding that like, oh, it's, it's just a phase and you'll go back. Why is it that she'll go back? Why is it not a choice for her? Yeah. Right? Uh, but for me, I was, it always was like the idea, like, oh, it being a choice, it being a choice. And I think people, and I was like, I think it's interesting because we started this conversation with you asking me when I realized that I was gay. Mm-hmm. And I told you five years old. And so I told my mom, I was like, I've known since I was five. Like, how is this a choice? Mm-hmm. Like, I was born this way. And her immediate assumption was I was molested, mm-hmm. right? That's just where she, that's just where her mind goes. And I realized that she herself could not see what I was telling her because she has never experienced that. And a similar situation would be for somebody who were to come out, like if I were to have a child, right? And my child were, and my, I had a son, right? And my son were to come to me and say, mm-hmm. dad, I'm a woman on the inside at like five years old. My first reaction would be, come on now, what's really going on, right? Because I've never had that situation. You have to, you have to create but something to make it make sense. Likening, yes, and in likening it to my situation where people were telling me that being gay was a choice. I was then like, oh, wait, okay, now I get it. Mm. Now I get how hard it was for my mom to hear me say, like, gayer than a rainbow. Yeah. Because in her mind, she, it, she just didn't see it. She saw something completely different. And I basically wiped that future out of existence and I created another future for her. Now, for both of us, I've never changed. I've always been me. Yep. But what she sees for my future is now different. It's different, yeah. And, what, and if another person, what they see for themselves may be different than what I see for them. Yeah. No, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's fun. I mean, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> and I'm keeping your ass up at night. Like you'll always have, you'll always have that question in the back of your mind, just like keep the <laughs> keep them young. Oh look. Well, um, okay, so, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel one of the biggest misconceptions that people have is that there's, um, like, a certain way or characteristics attributed to, like, same-sex couples. Whether it's, like, men act more feminine or, like, one person in the relationship has to acquire the opposite gender role, you know, or even told, like, they don't look gay. (laughs) Um, Do you find that to be true? And if so, like, what truth would you like to replace with that misconception? I do think that that's a misconception because I would ask this question. Do we expect all heterosexual couples to behave and act the same? In some situations, even though societally speaking, our society plays, uh, has this propaganda of the man being the one in control. But in how many relationships do you know where it's the woman who actually wears the pants of the family? Or to uh, quote my big fat Greek wedding, the woman is the neck and she can turn the head anywhere she wants, right? <laughs> so oh, yeah. I would say that there's the misconception yeah, yeah. is that any, any group that is other than you 
is not as unique as you. It's not as individual as you. Um, it's because you kind of hear it a lot when people talk about Black Lives Matter. They always say, oh, well, Black people just commit more crime than white people. Really? Based off of what? Like, that, that, like, saying that Black people did that would mean that it would have to mean that Asian people also commit more crime, that Hispanics also commit more crime, that white people also commit more crime, that every person commit more commits more crime, which then it's not even a real thing anymore. Like your statement just kind of like unfurls itself and just dies because it's just illogical. And so that's what I would say is that there are as unique and as diverse as the world is, yeah. you will see that same diversity play out in same-sex couples. Now, will there be a normal distribution curve? And will there be like similar things going on? Yeah, you could probably point a couple of things out. Like there's some people, well, even then, like actually, even then there's still too much, there's probably even more diversity in same-sex couples than there is in a uh, heterosexual couple. Because one thing that immediately came to mind was um, in relationships, there's a top and the bottom, right? And in mainstream media, it plays this fanfare that one, one guy is always the top and one guy is always the bottom. But that's not necessarily true. It's a choice and that choice can change depending on your, the time of day, how you're feeling, shit, even how drunk you are can make you want to switch it up every now and then. And then you also have guys who are like, oh, I, I don't, I'm not just one or the other, I'm verse, I'm in between. And then you also have some same-sex couples where it's like, okay, well, we're both bottom and we like to invite a top into the bedroom. Right? So like, it's it's hard for me to say that like, there is a characteristic that I will apply to all same-sex couples, except that they are a same-sex couple. And even then, I have some issues with that because, well, what happens when one part, when one party is a member of the trans community or is gender neutral? So like, is it even same-sex then if they're gender neutral? I don't know. I, I think that, um, I guess queerness and, and lesbianism is more widely accepted when there is one person in the relationship that is more feminine and another person that is more masculine because it still fits into that heteronorm. Uh, there's not one particular look of gayness or queerness. Uh, you are who you are no matter what you look like. You can be the gayest person and look, you can be the gayest woman and look just as feminine as the most hetero Femme, uh, it it you don't have to fit into that, and I don't. Uh, and my relationship doesn't look like that at all. Uh, but I will say it's very uncommon for us to meet other femme femme couples because most lesbian couples that we know of, uh, it's not like that. There's at least one person who 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 isn't as feminine as the yeah. other. I'm glad you mentioned even you know you say your fiance because like I know speaking of like quote unquote experimenting, you know I unfortunately know there are stereotypes that label most people in um, LGBTQIA plus yes. uh, <laughs> communities to be more promiscuous and don't have long term relationships or you know even if they do. Get 
get in a relationship, like can't raise children. Um, so like, right. what are your thoughts and opinion on that? Um, I will say I was never a promiscuous person at all. Um, yeah. Even before I started dating women. So that doesn't apply to me at all. So that, that's false. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then as far as kids, I've honestly have ne- I was never that girl that grew up planning her wedding, planning her family, planning her kids. I, I was never like that. All that stuff. I didn't have time for that stuff, honestly. I was too busy. <laughs> I was that either. <laughs> I was that right. either. I was too busy thinking about my And goals. now that I passed her, <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Rewind it a little bit. <laughs> but no, that's for another episode. Go ahead. <laughs> But no, I get it. I understand. And so, for uh, for for us, like I I have never been I've never been the one to want kids. Honestly, I've never been the person who wanted to put my body through that. Um, mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with people who do. And there are days where I'm like, well, man, maybe I should have some kids so that I can have a legacy. <laughs> and, and so I still go back and forth. Um, and I, I I do have. A little bit more time to, to figure that out. So yeah. I, you ain't, I'm glad you said little and not a lot. <laughs> a little more time. A little, a little. <laughs> uh, but I do. I am very much aware of the financial. Um, I don't want to say burden, but the there. I just have to put up a lot more money to even think about getting pregnant. Let's put it that way. So yeah, no. no accidents will happen over here, but yeah. it has to be very intentional. Um, and so kids are expensive in general. And then I have to pay how much more just to even think about potentially yeah. getting pregnant? Oh my goodness. That's, yeah. that's just, I, I've always that's been That's an additional fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So. Um, okay, so I think that it's really hilarious that that's a stereotype attributed to the LGBT community because I'm pretty sure that's a stereotype attributed to literally every underrepresented minority ever. <laughs> Black people can't can't stay in long-term relationships, can't raise yep. children together, always have issues. Mexicans and immigrants are coming across the border, can't stay together, have bad relationships. So, at the end of the day, do I think the stereotype is true and real? No, I don't. I think it is, um, I think it's sensationalized in a way. Yeah. Um, I think that the promiscuity that you see in the LGBTQ plus community is just the same as you would see in the heterosexual community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe one difference though could be when that promiscuity occurs. Uh, and so, uh, I'm, I'm trying not to name names because, you know, it's not, yeah. not my business. Please don't. <laughs> but I had a buddy, I had a buddy who was dating somebody who was younger than them. And uh, his boyfriend was just like, hey, like, I want to break up. And my buddy was like, for what reason? Like, we're doing great. And he's mm-hmm. like, and the boyfriend said, well, you know, like, I came out and, like, I feel as if I just haven't explored anything. <laughs> yeah. And so this was his first time in college being sexually active, actually mm-hmm. dating, actually hooking up. And what I think happens for a lot of LGBTQ plus members is that if they feel as if they're birth community, right, if they're when they are at home with their parents is not a safe or conducive environment for them dating, 
they're going to closet themselves, right? Mm. They're not going to date as much. They're not going to be promiscuous. But what you see happens is that as people get older and they become more and more autonomous, you start to see more and more of that promiscuity. So I would say that the promiscuity in the gay community is just the same as the promiscuity in the straight community. The only difference though, is that maybe in the gay community, that promiscuity has a, it's either, it starts later on in life, like in college or post-college, or <clears throat> it has a longer tail. And then another thing though, is that I think it would also, it's also important that when we talk about promiscuity in the gay community, more often than not, what people are referring to is like the gay, gay men. Like, I've, I, I have almost never heard of a lesbian, like a promiscuous lesbian stereotype. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's almost the opposite. Like, lesbians, they'll find that one and then they're together forever, right? Promiscuity in the gay, in the gay community, when people talk about that stereotype, they're mostly talking about men. Mm. And when I'm, when, what I'm making my assumptions off of, like my opinion now, is based only off of the gay male community. Yeah. Yeah. So and like, um, like the example that you gave, it's to me a little bit more equivalent to, let's say somebody who was sheltered all mm -hmm. their life, you know, and then, you know, they, they run wild because they couldn't space. do, yeah, they couldn't do yeah. anything, so. Everyone has that space, everybody. And what I've also seen though, in the gay male community, right? Men specifically, is that that wild phase is attributed to like, when they come out. Because you'll also see mm. older gay men who finally like, after being in a relationship and being in, being in a marriage, right? Raising a family with somebody, you'll see them come out at like 40. And sis, like, I'm not here to judge anybody, <laughs> but when the word promiscuous was defined, mm -hmm. they were talking about an elder gay man <laughs> who uh -oh. just came out the closet. Uh-oh. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> but I don't want to make that broad generalization because as I said in the beginning, you can classify things so many which ways, left, right, up and down, but at the end of the day, everyone is an individual. Yeah. No, and I no. think it's better to say what circumstances would lead to a specific type of outcome. And I would say like you you see promiscuity in the gay community because it is spread out. So there are some people who are promiscuous when they're young. There are some in college, some right after college, some later on in life but it really just kind of depends on when they come out. That's my uh, hypothesis. That's your opinion, yeah. That's my growth science, as I like to say. <laughs> and uh, the only reason why I would think the stereotype is applied to the gay community is because you're seeing it at so many levels. But mm. really, the outcome is just the same. Everyone, when people become sexually awakened, they go wild. So in your opinion, do you find there is, um... I guess discrimination amongst the LGBTQIA plus community. Absolutely, one thousand percent. Because let's not forget the LGBT LGBTQ plus community is part of the world that we already live in. Yeah. So you'll see sexism, you'll see ableism, 
you'll see racism, um, you'll see fat shaming and body shaming. Um, Colorism. Colorism is <laughs> um, a huge yeah. thing. Um, but what's really interesting about the gay community is I don't know what it is, but for some reason, there is it feels to me, or and maybe it's because like I've been on like I've been on the receiving end of this, that there is a over fetishization of everything in the gay community, mm-hmm. right? So like you'll get some people who are like, I'm fetishizing large men, like large, like large obese, morbidly obese men. That is their fetish, right? But then you also get guys on the other side of the spectrum who want like the super bodybuilder or like the skinny twink. And then it's just, it's it's crazy to me, but like it just, it feels like I have been more fetishized by the gay community than I've ever been in my entire life. Mm. Yeah, I do. I do think so because there's different cultures. So like, there is there is a definite white gay male culture <laughs> that is What's going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true culture. It's a true culture. And and but think about it. If we took sexuality out of it, I mean, it, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same as what we experience race-wise. Like yeah. uh, there's just a difference, and and that's still there. They just have privilege that no other queer person has. Yeah. Okay. What they want is that big black cock experience. Mm. And literally, I have guys who hit me up. Cause like, let's be honest, like when you're dating, right? In the real world, when you meet somebody, you're typically doing something that you want to do. So when you meet somebody, you start up a conversation, you have that root that, hey, we're both here at the same thing. Let's talk about it. So whether it's a sports yes. game or a concert or a museum, you have that to start a conversation. Dating apps, none of that's there because you come to the dating app to meet people. How do you how do you meet people? You just start talking to them. And there are some guys who are like very like, oh, I don't like, they just won't answer questions about themselves. And there are some guys who are just like, I'm only here for sex. And this is it. And so very often I get hit up um, by guys and I don't even have my picture out. It just says in my profile that I'm black. And they will hit me up and they'll go, hung, question mark, dick pic, question mark. And here's my thing. I, I, it gets to the point where I will not send you a picture of my penis. It's so funny, cause like, and I'm, I'm a bigger guy. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't, I won't say that like, I'm sad or anything, but like, I'm a bigger guy. I'm thick. I, I got a body that needs tempo, all right? And I'm here like, that's, that's not, cool like what's wrong with you and then they go oh well i don't meet with anyone unless i have a dick pic oh so you're literally here uh, not this is not the behaviors that i described is not the behaviors that everyone in the community is doing mm-hmm. these are the behaviors that i'm receiving but a lot of people and a lot of men who hit me up especially on dating apps are only hitting me up because they want to have that forbidden experience that Mm. jungle fever like black men do it better than anyone else type of experience and it's crazy because even in the middle of hooking up with somebody in the middle of it the guy has said make me feel good make me feel better and it's crazy because like and this was a white guy too right and so part of me was just like the fuck? <laughs> like, what? Thomas Jefferson? 
into race play and i said like racing cars and then they said no master slave oh and i said <laughs> no so you want to be a slave you're, <laughs> no you're like uh-uh not, my, not, ancestors not already, said, my ancestors already paid the price for that i was like so you want me to treat you like a slave <laughs> i <laughs> And this is gonna sound bad, but like I truly don't think I could actually date a white person because of how poorly I've been treated by white men in the past. And like being on like on Grinder or Tinder or Hinge, like it's it's not if you don't fit what the mainstream thinks as pretty or as attractive, or if you don't fit a fetishization that could be, you know, exploited, like having a large penis or, you know, just some something different about your body that they want to exploit for their pleasure, you kind of get treated like shit. <laughs> and it's, I don't know, it, it's, a, and that's why, like, to my first comment, like, I don't see it as a community. I don't see it as a family. I see it as individuals who are all bonding together under certain classifications that don't really follow anything that we currently, that don't follow any current stratification. But hey, that's just my two cents. Don't, don't take that to the bank. <laughs> well, <laughs> which is weird because it's like, you know, your sexuality doesn't hurt anyone, you know, but, um, so do you find that people treat you differently when they find out your sexuality? Like, is it positive, negative, indifferent? Um, it depends. It really depends. Um, so people, it depends on the person. So it depends on how I met the person. It depends on where I met the person, mm -hmm. like what their background is. Um, there are some people who are like shocked and I'm mm -hmm. like, get over yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> there are other people who think it's like some monumental thing and I'm just like, no, it's actually not that big of a deal. I don't make that big of a deal about your sexuality. Um, yeah. And then there are other people who are like, good for you. And I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, okay, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. With a high five. Uh, right. <laughs> it's, it's more like, I guess it's more like the people who say good for me are, are thinking, uh, well, good kudos to you for like taking on that extra, the extra marginalized identity. <laughs> so. And it is it still, I mean, I guess the reactions is it, when I say equivalent, but across the different genders. Like how you saying kudos, and is it that same type of like one saying nah. kudos? <laughs> <laughs> nah, <laughs> um, it's definitely different based off of race and um, hmm. and gender. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So like for me, I've always felt as if I was like kicked out of the closet, right? Like, mm -hmm. I never really felt as if I was like, in the closet to begin with. So to me, I always assumed that people knew I was gay. Uh, so what mm. I've noticed is that when 
I affirm their assumption of my sexuality, a couple of things will happen. One, nothing. They just keep it moving, right? Uh, with men, I get two reactions, mm -hmm. right? Uh, some guys like to bring it up a lot as if it were a joke. Um, and they'll also like bring up like their their assumption that I'm attracted to them. Mm. So it's like, come on, Thunder, like, hey, I'm not gay, but if you if I ever become gay, I'll let you know, buddy. And it's <laughs> you're like, like, you're like uh -uh. okay, but like you're not that <laughs> no, cute. <thanks>. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fine, like we'll put a bag on your head, but I guess. <laughs> So this is this is my mental like my mental chatter. This is how I like stay calm and I don't snap on people. Like I kid you not, like if people heard what went on in my head, they'd be like, who is this child? But yeah, so like that's one guy that I get. Mm -hmm. Um another guy that I get is just like the guy who like I become their like encyclopedia. Right? And they're just like, okay, Sedner, like, I've always wanted to ask this, but like, oh. when you have anal sex without a condom, like, gotcha. does the poop get inside of you? Oh my goodness. And I'm just kind of like, listen, like, would you ask daddy, that? To, I'm gonna need uh, you to. <laughs> right. Would you ask your mom right. this? Like, hold on. Like, That's why I, I don't understand, because it's like, <laughs> would you ask a heterosexual person that same question? And it's the same thing with like somebody touching your hair. Like, excuse me, what you just want me to put my fingers in your head? Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. Um, with women, though, the uh, situation is a little bit different. Uh, women, it's either you automatically, they just like, co-opt you into like their bosom party and you're now like their GBF, right? Mm. They're, they're like, oh my God, I've always wanted a gay best friend and now that I have one, I'm never letting you go. <laughs> it's just like, all right, sis, like, <laughs> how am I saying? <laughs> For some more. Like, uh, yeah, that happens. Um, <sighs> And then, like, as I, like my favorites are the people who are like, okay, I mean, like, like next, sorry. are you gonna have that report for me? <laughs> like next. But I will say this: my favorite thing that happens after I either quote unquote come out or I affirm someone's suspicions, uh, the best thing is that we can just like talk about the hot guys around us all the time. <laughs> it's so much fun. Like, come on. <laughs> And if you have a problem, <laughs> bot boy, no. Bot man. <laughs> Come on, be <laughs> women. All right, see, exactly, no problem. Oh, man. <laughs> Come on now, I'm Haitian. We don't yeah, need to have all these hearts right. on. No, you I, I'm I, we I, that's it. Another misconception is that like people who are gay or queer aren't spiritual. Like, are you religious or a special person? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I can't stand that stereotype. I cannot stand it. That's actually the one stereotype that I think does the most harm to mm. people. Because uh, it's that stereotype that makes families shun their their LGBTQIA plus kids. Um, yeah. It's that stereotype that makes it to where we were just 
I mean, we were just talking about are people in in my community even protected against discrimination? Like yeah. that is something that we are even excited was like uh, it's ridiculous. We're in 2020. Get over it. Doesn't matter yeah. like how people identify. What someone does privately has nothing to do with what you do publicly. Nothing at all. Um, I grew up Baptist. Like I'm still very religious, but I I personally define it as spiritual now because I don't really care for organized religions that much because of all the hypocrisy. Um, but I I always found it very very weird to how the Bible. 99.9% of the Bible, we're talking about loving your neighbors, caring for other people. And yet there's this one line, men shall not lie with men, it is an abomination. And yet that's the line that gets touted over and over and over again whenever people talk about homosexuality. And so that, like when I was old, when I was young, it like, it made me question the world around me and it made me question things growing up. And I I actually mentioned something in the beginning, like in the intro that mentioned like, you know, like families will disown a child yes. uh, for growing up gay or being gay, but we'll Absolutely. keep like a family molester a secret. You know, it's like, exactly. it's like, come on y'all. <laughs> yes, and it's so backwards and it's so, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, and, and the fact that there are just, more cases of suicide being committed by LGBTQIA plus youth. Um, it's just a testament as to just how bad it is. Um, and I, I'm a, I'm a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as I've gotten older, I've had to separate uh, religion from spirituality yeah. in regards to. Me too. I'm, I, I will tell people I am, I, because the religious, in my perspective, like I tell people, these are my thoughts. You know, right. uh-huh. um, it's it's more like people rules. It's it's yes. driven. Yes. You know, like yes. laws. Yes. Um, when the spiritual part is more of like what God's, you know what I mean? Like it's Absolutely. like loving and yes. people being a good human versus Absolutely. like because I used to go to a church where it's like they were looking at me because it's like oh you have your ears pierced or or you're wearing oh. pants. Or you're, I'm like, if I'm going to hell because I'm wearing pants, then your religion is not what I need. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's like, but at the same time, you're <laughs> you're judging me for wearing pants, but you're oh sleeping on the couch, and you and your wife ain't not even okay. Yeah. But you know, yes. so I kind of grew. Yes. Fair, like I had a bad appetite for religion, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I do identify as a spiritual person, um, yes. and yeah, I Me believe too. in the word and stuff. But it's like, no, when people start talking about laws and no, I know I, I'm not I'm not for it. And and let's talk about judgment for a second because uh, everybody everybody sins, and oh, yeah. no yep. one sin is greater than and the fact that there is so much judgment that comes from like people who uh, people who aren't supposed to be judging others and it's just like really you're going against everything that you preach and everything that you say that you're not supposed to do and everything that that you as a spiritual person is not supposed to be doing you're doing it yeah. um especially towards well not only lgbtqia but uh, a lot of different communities. Just in general. I yes, mean, there we go. <laughs> in general. Racial discrimination. I mean, we've been here all day. Yes, 
I mean, come on. That's why I say I'm not religious, but yes, I believe God. I, I am a spiritual person. So um, I know we're coming up on time. Like, what is at least one stereotype you feel that people who are in the LGBTQIA plus community get um, misinterpreted or just needs to be cleared up and educated on so we can like start bridging the gap as just humans, you know? Yeah, and I, I like that you said that, it's just humans. That is the one stereotype. I am a human too, just <laughs> like you, just like them, just like everyone. <laughs> and I have feelings, I have thoughts, I have beliefs, I have goals, I have aspirations, I have insecurities just like everyone else. Um, and I should not be treated differently based off of who I choose to or who I don't choose to be with. Uh, and that doesn't make me any better than anyone else or any worse than anyone else. And that also doesn't define where my soul go- <laughs> goes either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, no, I'm human too. Yeah. Um, I guess the stereotype would be that it's a choice, right? So like this idea that like, oh, you can just choose who you are sexually attracted or mm. <laughs> See, I don't know, because now that I'm thinking about it, the thing that, the word that keeps popping up in my mind, it's not even choice, but it's the word other, right? And I think there's been like a similar uh, trend of this in our conversation of how it is easy to assume that somebody who is different from you is like everything about them is different, right? Like the way that they love, the way that they laugh, the way that they cry, the way that they hurt, the way that they feel, like all of that's different but it's not. And so often the questions that I get regarding like being homosexual or even being black are all questions that if that person just looked at their own personal experience, they realize that they could have answered this themselves or that it's not that different from what they've also been through. But I guess that's, that, that would be my overall thought is don't assume we are different because I am living an experience that is other than your experience, that is not the same as your experience, right? Like, there's, it's not as different as you may assume, I guess it's a stereotype. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and doing this. I really do appreciate thank it. You. It's been great. Yeah, I, I hope my pleasure i hope that like what i it is helpful to someone else or like resonates with someone or helps them kind of i don't know like see their light no i I mean i think like i like i tell everyone that joins the show it's like we don't have to agree on things but it we can still discuss right so it's like my opinion may not match yours but that doesn't mean we can't have a conversation about Mm -hmm. it so and at the same time I may resonate with somebody due to my experiences and you're going to resonate with someone due to your experiences. So yeah, they're, they're all valid points. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Better than yours. (laughs) 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 That's his last time. (laughs) You know, that, that ain't how the show works. You know, I'm just giving you. Um, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, For my listeners, if you have thoughts on what you want discussed or featured, then please feel free to send an email to thechatconnection at gmail.com. You can also follow me on IG at thechatconnection, all one word. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to The Chat Connection on several podcast platforms. 
stay blessed and forget the rest. Mwah, mwah. You gotta get both cheeks, so that's considered rude, okay? Cheers.